I think everyone needs a coach. I mean, mentorship and guidance have been incredibly crucial in our development as a company. So I thought I'd introduce you to some amazing coaches as part of this special series of Meet My Business. So on today's episode of Meet My Business, I have the great pleasure to introduce you to Michelle McFarlane. She's a business growth strategist, marketing trainer and coach, international speaker, podcast co-host, and an award-winning networker. Um, Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time. No pleasure. Great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about about what to do in the early stages of your business and what not to do. I think a lot of us end up spending a whole bunch of money on things that seem important, but might not really be the time yet. And especially uh, potentially end up spending money on courses and silver bullet answers that seem like they're going to just solve everything for us in one go. And I think everybody who's been in business for a little bit longer than that realizes that that doesn't really work out the way we think it's going to. And yeah, Michelle's going to share some incredible insights around, you know, how to get going in the early stages of your business. But before we get there, Michelle, um, can you just introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a bit about, you know, what you do now and how you've kind of gotten to this point? Well, it's been quite a windy road. Um, and I started out um, when I left school, had an absolute passion for, for maths. Uh, always wanted to do uh, medicine, which was my absolute favorite. I did spend a fair chunk of my uh, well, grade 11 and nine year in the UK. So coming back, things were a little tricky trying to apply for medicine. I got accepted to actual science and law and all sorts of things. I wasn't sure what to do. Everybody in my family, going back three generations on both sides, are accountants. I went and spent a vac in my matric year um, with, at an audit practice and absolutely fell in love with auditing. And it wasn't so much the accounting side of it. It was learning how businesses work, how everything integrates, how everything works, how to make them optimal. That kind of is what I fell in love with on the auditing side. Um, I did all of that. I went and then we... I got headhunted by Stanabank on the management development program. Uh, banking was great. I love customer service. I enjoy working with people. Uh, moved up to Botswana for three years. Was one of the first round of expats to go up and start Stanbic Bank in Botswana. So I lived in, in Gabs. Uh, my first daughter was born in, in Gabs. Absolutely loved living in Botswana with the wildlife, being out in the middle of nowhere and all of that. When we came back to Jova, kind of hit the glass ceiling. Um, at the bank in those days, it was very much kind of a, a realm of uh, your middle-aged white males. <laughs> and there was no way that 20-something upshot was going to get too far. So I decided to call it quits and started my own accounting and management consulting practice, which I had for eight years when my kids were little. Uh, absolutely loved it, helping small business owners, getting going, doing all the financial side of stuff. But always kind of enjoyed the more creative side. Um, once my both my kids were at school, I had a bit more time, was kind of get bored with the run of the mill accounting side of stuff. Uh, saw a job um, application for an American multinational for the South African branch um, as a financial manager. Uh, applied for the job, got the job. I didn't apply for any other interviews. Uh, they had um, offices in 12 countries around the world, got to travel, part of a global marketing team. And as part of what I was doing there, because I love teaching people things, I was teaching our clients, salespeople about our products. Um, one thing I love doing, which everybody giggles, is that uh, the reason I know so much about the products that we sold was every single thing I'd made myself in the factory. Luckily, it was that kind of environment where you could go get your hands dirty. And from the learning and development side, kind of 
moved across onto the sales and marketing and went from being financial manager of the Joburg branch to the national sales and marketing manager. And that's how I actually got my start in marketing, moving across there. After 10 years there, I was headhunted uh, at Ippletal. I went and ran one of the township brands, uh, Top Team. So they had the three Ippletal, CTM and Top Team. Spent four years in retail having an absolute ball. Um, we opened uh, double digits of stores during the time that I was there. Traveled all over the place. Got to really understand um, how people start and run businesses and actually live their lives on very limited amounts of income. And um, I don't know if everybody actually knows this, people listening to this podcast, the biggest employer in South Africa is actually small business. It's not your corporates, it's not your big retail chains, it is your small business owners are your biggest employers. And it became a passion of mine to make sure that people actually didn't get minced about, um, almost defrauded, for want of another word, by a lot of fly-by-night people that were kind of promising all these solutions, you know, buy my package, I'll give you all the templates and everything you need and you'll have a six-figure big bit. It doesn't work that way. Whether you've got a 1,000 rand to spend or 100,000 rand to spend, anything needs to be tailored to what you do. So from that perspective, after leaving Ecotal, I then decided to start um, own marketing agency, uh, which was just me. Uh, during lockdown, my husband was home for two years and got really involved. Um, he is also uh, comes from a financial background and law, but uh, loves technical and programming and all that kind of stuff. And we kind of just slotted everything together and it added a whole different factors to our agency. Uh, five years down the line, there's nine of us on the team. We offer every possible service you could need for marketing. And after that, we started hashtag training because there were a lot of people during lockdown who couldn't afford to have an agency do their marketing, but had no presence online and actually wanted to learn how to do it affordably themselves. And that's kind of where the passion of the teaching and giving back to the community and things like that came through. So that's kind of where we are today. Um, having built the business as a digital nomadic um, business from day one, uh, two years ago, and we decided we had the opportunity to move down to the Eastern Cape, where we probably went on holiday for 30 years to St. Francis Bay, and we upped and moved. Our whole team works remotely. Uh, everybody's their own boss, which works really, really well. And now we run our agency for um, local and um, international clients online, and that's kind of neat. So not a lot of jobs over the time period that I've, I've been since I left school at the late 80s, but certainly a lot of experience in all facets. And I think as much as the financial side and accounting might seem boring, understanding cash flow and how to spend your money is what will make you successful in business. It's not about being a good salesperson, having a good product, being an ace at marketing. It's very much around spending your money wise. And that's kind of yeah, my, my absolute passion that's helping people make sure they do things properly. Amazing. And that segues super, super well into the main topic of discussion today, which is how to actually start spending your money wisely. I think it's a super, super overwhelming thing to start a business. And especially with the amount of access to information we have nowadays, there's so many different gurus and people, all kind, you know, um, this person who's launched this company and this person who has that book, they kind of give you all these messages. And it's really hard to distinguish the useful from the not useful, you know, the information that's designed to help or the information that's designed to send you down into a specific course or program. 
uh, where the, you know, the end goal isn't necessarily for your business to thrive, but it's more for you to just spend more and more money, you know, with a specific uh, company. And I think for small business owners, it becomes really difficult to know where do you take that money and use it super effectively. It's super, super precious. The majority, especially in South Africa, small business owners are not starting with capital. They're just starting with sweat equity and every bit of money that they have needs to go somewhere important. Help us break down some of the places where you think, uh, firstly, you shouldn't be spending your money that in the very early stages of your company. Well, in, and it's going to sound really, really weird, but so many people have what they think are these absolutely awesome ideas um, for a business, for a product, for so something new. Nobody's got it. Absolutely amazing. And they kind of go help the their thing to developing the product or spending money on patents and attorneys and contracts and research. I'll give you an idea. We had one client who approached us. Um, we had to sign confidentiality and non-disclosure agreements. His patent attorney was involved in all the meetings and all those kinds of things. He came in and told us what the idea was. And in one Google search, we found five competitors that were doing exactly what he thought was this brand new, all new idea. And he'd already obviously invested in legal fees, but if he'd actually gone ahead and registered patents and started building the app and doing all this kind of stuff, it really would have been problematic. So these two, these two things, you, you need to do your research. And nowadays, it's really good to find information. Yes, you need to understand how to filter that information um, and verify the sources and understand things and talk to people. Because it doesn't matter how awesome you think what you're doing is, if nobody wants it or nobody likes that version of it, uh, it's not going to sell in any event. So your first step in anything you want to do is what do people really need? What problems have they got? What skills and, and things do you have that can solve those problems for people and then go out and talk to those people? And you don't need to worry about People stealing ideas or doing that. The, the competition is not really competition. If you focus all your, your energy on worrying about the competition, you're not focusing on what makes you truly unique. And most 20 people can do what you do, but they won't do it the way you do it. And if you focus on why you want to do it, why you want to help people and, and how you uniquely help people and sell the vision of the outcome of, of whatever your goods or services to the person, then you that's the most important thing. So you can have no money or, or all the money you need. But the first thing before you spend a cent is, do people want it? Does it need some tweaking? Um, and, and how are you going to get it to the market? So marketing becomes a critical, critical thing. And you'll think I'm talking about that because that's what we do. But how are you actually going to get it in front of people is the critical thing. And the quickest way to start building your confidence and getting it in front of the right people is networking. Um, networking is what how we built our business. Um, we don't, yes, we do our social media and we do have presences and things like that. Every single client we have is a referral. And we do have one client now who is a six-degree referral. So it's actually been referred to, referred to, referred to all the way down the night. So building your network, getting out there, um, building your confidence. Being a new business owner is very isolating. Um, you tend to be stuck at home, you're alone, you're by yourself, you can't necessarily afford a team. Um, and when you start out, it can be quite lonely. So you need something that's going to keep you 
going, you know, getting organized and that kind of thing. So for me, the first thing you should do is go and find out is do people actually want to buy what you sell? And that can be online research, talking to people, going out and looking at competition. But do that first. That's absolutely critical. Um, even with what we do, we started out in one specific sphere of marketing, but the fact that people wanted to learn and understand how to do marketing um, added a whole other facet to our business. That really, really just, if you listen to the people you're talking to, they'll tell you what they need and you can then tweak what you're doing towards what they need. Something I've seen happen that very often with people who are excited about a company is like they'll immediately start spending money on things like a graphic designer for logos and business cards and email signatures. And like, I've, you know, I'm sure you've seen a situation where like somebody's calling themselves the founder and CEO of this company before they've even like really done too much of it. They have, but like, no, exactly. we've got to get the website ready. We've got to get all of these other things ready that are, in my opinion, easy goals to hit for vanity. Okay. Like it's very simple to get a website going. You can just pay someone or spend a couple of weeks, put it together. It's very simple to get an email signature and to then, you know, feel like, oh, now I've, I've done something, I've launched something. But the reality, and I think what you've been saying is that that's not actually pushing the needle forward. No, I think initially, yes, it's good to have some form of branding. Um, but I wouldn't spend money because you're going to change, adapt, all sorts of things um, with your logo. With the kinds of software that's out there for free now, you can design something that can look perfectly professional. Um, you can design design print-ready business cards, and if you if you need it to, even an email signature or something simple like Canva, I mean, the, the free version gives you probably 50-60% of um, all the options that's on there, and it's certainly enough to get started. Don't spend money on programs and things. If, of course, it's an e-commerce site, or you want to target the international market because the international market are very much your legitimacy is from your online presence. So you would then need your website. But other than that, I wouldn't start with websites. Um, and if you, you know, you can manage to do it yourself. I wouldn't spend money on a website initially. Get a presence on social media. LinkedIn, absolutely critical. Um, it's one of the most powerful and trusted social media platforms. And you also don't need to exhaust yourself trying to be on every single platform. So what I often get my clients to do is do what they call in, in uh, corporate brand contact, where you put yourself in the middle and you sit and think of every possible way someone could find about your goods and services. And that could be a friend tells them, a networking event, um, Facebook, uh, handing out flyers, they've got a business card. And then you actually go, okay, someone phones me, they've been referred by a friend, What's that onboarding session? What is that customer journey? What are you going to give people and spend time? And you can't, you need to build trust with people. And it does, obviously, it's it's a little bit like a, when you roll a, a stone down a hill on a muddy track. But once it gets going, it kind of builds and builds and builds rapidly and exponentially. But initially, it's about building trust. So spending time with people uh, initially. Offer an hour's consultation online. Meet people for coffee if it's something that's in person that you need to do. But invest. You're going to have to give a lot more than you're going to receive initially. And that's why you need to be careful. And why I said cash flow right in the beginning, 
is even a business that grows too quickly and collapse because of cash flow. So it's not only bad businesses that fail, it can be absolutely brilliant businesses that fail because they don't keep an eye on the cash flow. So you need to do things, you know, that, that's quite important. But don't do a simple thing, do it yourself. And then down the line, you're good to go and you wanna, you've got the money in the bank, then pay a graphic designer to do your NICI manual, um, all the bits and pieces that you need, icons, or there's nothing there that even the, uh, my oldest client is now 81. She launched a business online during lockdown at the age of 79 and designed all her logos and social media herself on Canva. So if she can do it, I can promise you anybody else that's going up for that. So on the cash flow front, then it seems as though getting a good bookkeeper, accountant, someone like that, especially if you don't have that kind of experience yourself seems to be a more useful use of your money in the early days? It is. And I know a lot of people, when they start up the business, if they're not on SARS's radar and, or, or revenue services radar, start out the way you want to continue. What you don't want to start is you start out your business and you go, oh, it's not a lot of money. I'm not going to declare it. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to register a company, blah, blah, blah. Then five years down the line, you're really, really successful and you're on the radar with revenue services and then they start investigating and you could end up losing huge amounts in fines and penalties. So just do things legit from day one. Registering a company, you don't even need an accountant to do that. You can do it yourself on the CIPC website in South Africa. You register a name, I think it's 75 bucks. Uh, and it's 100 or 200 grand to actually register a company. They send you all the documents you need um, to go and open your bank account. Open a separate bank account. Don't put your business money into your personal bank account. Have a separate bank account. Do proper invoices. Uh, don't worry about registering for that unless you are buying and selling something where it will really, really affect um, your your profitability. Uh, just leave it. Uh, nowadays, you, you don't need to worry. I think it's like knitting about the million rand sort of level. Um, and just do everything properly. Most packages like uh, Sage um, Zero is a very easy one to do, even for beginners. And what you can do is you can have an accountant that just goes in and checks everything for you. So you can do your invoicing, uh, you can do your credit notes, you can see who owes you money. You can tie your bank account automatically to just pull the transactions through and you just explain where it needs to go. It's not a difficult thing to do. Otherwise, there are a lot of specialists who do do small businesses and they don't cost a lot of money, but it will save you in the long run in interest and penalties. So absolutely, that would be a good place to go. So, so far we've covered uh, in terms of things that are useful uses of your money in the early days, research, uh, to a degree marketing as well, bookkeeping, accountancy, all that kind of stuff. Are there any other uh, areas where you think uh, people should be spending their money in the early days? In the early days, you need to get online. Um, you need to have, have a reasonable amount of whatever equipment you need. Um, so when I started out, yes, I, I had a laptop, but I had savings. So very fancy gaming laptop because I am impatient and working with everything online becomes tricky if you don't have a, a decent computer. So make sure whatever you're going to do, it works professionally. Obviously, you want the flexibility when you're a small business owner. Otherwise, we'd all just be in an office from eight to five. So try and find ways of working where there's an app on your phone. 
so you can be responsive to clients. Uh, WhatsApp for business is an incredibly powerful tool for small business owners. You can set up responses. You can do all sorts of stuff and look absolutely professional, really, really easy. And then you need an online presence, so your basics of social media, but you need to understand your audience. So if your audience is only going to be on LinkedIn and maybe on email, don't spend all the time and energy on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and anywhere else. Think of all the different ways you can market. Think of who's going to need the low-hanging fruit, what's going to get you the results the quickest, and create cash flow. And once you've got more money, then you can go and looking at doing everything else. The other thing I also find is many new business owners start and they're posting online five, six, seven times a week and going absolutely mad. And then they get busy and then they stop and then they disappear and they go to the clients. And then when the people do come across these social media pages, it's like the last post was in July 2022 or, or anything like that. So do something that's realistic. If realistically, consistency is more important than quantity. So if you decide once a week on two platforms to do that, just do that. Um, don't that go crazy and then do nothing. Consistency is the most critical thing. You've got to keep showing up. People buy from you probably six or eight times having seen you before they'll even make a decision or inter interact with you. So you need to keep showing up. So I think what this all points to for me, and especially with our journey of our company, we're about two and a half years old at this point, is that as business owners, we tend to create a lot of busy work for ourselves to feel like we're pushing some kind of needle forward. And I think the harsh truth is that a lot of the work we create for ourselves isn't actually serving us, but makes us feel like something's happening. It, you know, we've scheduled 60 posts for the whatever. We've done all these things. We've We've spent another three weeks on redesigns of the logo um, so that it feels like something's happening. But I think the harsh reality is that ultimately it's about like getting your, as you said, getting your name and face in front of people. And I think yes. people really need to figure out how to use their energy super effectively so that that becomes the key focus. And for some people, myself included, introverts, that's the hard stuff. You know, I can sit and edit audio all day. I can make beautiful sounding things all day, but realistically, that's not going to lead to a sale. It's going to make me feel good because it's the thing that I'm good at, but it's not necessarily the thing that the business needs. So I think ultimately we need to make, we need to bear in mind what is the point of this whole thing, which is ultimately selling you this and services. And what is the thing that's actually going to be driving that? Um, because now at the end of the year, everyone's got this end of year burnout. Everybody's, you know, completely tired. And if, You've ended up wasting X amount of percentage of your year's like capacity on things that aren't actually pushing the needle forward. It ultimately does end up wasting your time. It does. And I think you need to, um, what you need to understand and what I keep on going back to networking is apart from it building confidence. And I, I have had um, many, many introverts who were absolutely terrified to stand up and talk about their business the first time they came to a networking meeting even online or, or in person or, you know, those kind of things, they eventually get to know people, get confident. It does amazing things for people that are introverts. Um, I know pe most people who meet me wouldn't think, I'm, I'm not necessarily an introvert, um, but I don't enjoy being around lots of people for extended periods of time. 
I can socialize to the nth degree, but then I've got to like, okay, can I have two weeks downtime the other side of people? So everybody has their own thing. But the nice thing with networking is that people get to know and trust you. They understand the problems you solve. If you're in a room of 20 people, you now have 20 salespeople that are out there actively looking. And the best way to get referrals from people is go find referrals for them. So one advice with networking is go and just listen to everybody, listen to what they do, set up times to get together and understand other people's businesses, go out there and actively find referrals for other people, and they almost feel obligated to go and find you. Um, my networking group, I haven't since we moved down to Eastern Cape, um, is not down here, obviously. We still give crazy referrals to each other online, and we haven't actually seen each other in person for two years. I get referrals from a network I used to be in a group with who's now living in Dubai for clients over there, even though we obviously haven't seen each other in years because she's been living overseas. So that is your cheapest form of marketing, most effective form of marketing because you're going to get referred to people that these people like, and it doesn't cost you a fortune. The nice thing is actually the playing fields are fairly level nowadays for small business owners. Because you don't need TV ads, radio ads, billboards, street poles. You don't need that to get in front of people anymore. And my other big source of advice is the minute you get to your business and your standards of customer service start to drop is when you need to hire someone to help. And you're going to have that tipping point where you can't quite afford them, but you can't afford not to hire them. And you actually have to be brave and go out and do that. Nowadays, virtual assistants, if you can find the right kind of virtual assistant to do things for you, it can be literally the saving grace for your business. As soon as there's something you don't enjoy doing, that you can make more money doing something else, it's time to delegate. So I I, I charge out around 1600 rand an hour. If I have a VA doing um, work for me, like Roxanne, our social media manager, she loves posting stuff and scheduling stuff, which I, I I don't enjoy doing. I did it in the early days. But we pay you pay Roxanne that and I make I can go and rather spend time with clients charging at my full rate. So yes, you're paying someone to do stuff and you cannot do everything yourself. Um it's not possible. You have to learn to delegate. Otherwise it will not work. And yeah, when you get to the point where you need help, find the right person to help. Yeah, that's it's actually interesting. So that, that's exactly the point as of this recording where we are at with our company right now, where it's like too busy to not outsource, can't technically afford outsourcing, but can't afford not to either. And we've had to just take the leap, find people who are uh, willing to go with us on this journey. Um, you know, people we've built relationships with over the last few years from networking. In fact, all of these people came through networking. Um, and it's really been a massive deal for us to actually just, okay, you know what? You take over this part. I don't want to sit and schedule posts. I can't, can't spend four hours out of my life in a, in a week doing that. I need to be talking to prospective clients. It's a confusing double-edged sword because on the one hand, it's freeing up bandwidth. On the other hand, it's that measure of trust that we now have to give and that ego that we now have to get through to be like, technically, I could do this. So then your brain kind of poisons you and says, well, then you should just do it because you don't have to pay somebody, you can just do it. But ultimately, it just leads to like massive burnout. The, the true definition of a successful business 
is one that works without you. That's the whole point, right? I'm not here to build this business <laughs> so that I can self-employ myself. That's ultimately not the goal That's here. Exactly. You know. That's exactly I have to think of better things to keep myself busy with. You know, that's the whole thing. Can you go away and everything works fine? Then you know you've got a successful business. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And if you don't actually step out of working in your business to work on the business, it won't grow. It won't go forward. Um, You can't see the wood for the trees because you're so busy doing the work that you're not actually thinking, okay, where's the next client coming? What is that? Um, funnel look like? Um, how many prospects have I got? How many of those are leads? How many meetings have I set up? And you kind of need to understand that if you, out of every 10 people that you meet, um, one of them will sign up with you and you need 10 clients for next month, have you met for the 100 clients this week? Then you need to understand what is the conversion rate? How do those things work? And you have to work with people you trust. You have to work with people you trust. It's a risk. You need to choose wisely. Uh, but if you can't delegate, you'll never grow. And remember, the whole idea with being self-employed, look, a lot of people start businesses because they lose jobs or they're unemployed or they leave school and can't find a job or, or things like that. But in the long run, you're trying to, to build a life for yourself. It's, and it's not about building a business and, and making money. It's about if I do what I do really, really well, the money will come and that money will give me the freedom to choose how I spend my time. And I think that's the, that's the absolute critical thing. And you can't be a control freak. You need to watch and mistakes are going to happen. And remember, your most loyal customer is a customer where you messed up and you fixed it. It's not the client that you never let down. So don't be scared of making mistakes. Learn, fix, put your systems in place. No matter how small you are, put your systems in place. Do everything properly from the get-go. And then you, you, you don't have any nightmares to work on down the line. You can just grow confidently knowing everything is 100%. Yeah, yeah. And then ultimately start just only doing the thing that you're super good at. That's our theme for the next year is that I just want to get to a point where every time I'm working in the company or on the company, if the percentage of things that I'm excellent at and then I want people who are better than me and everything else to do what they do exactly. best. Like, that's exactly. the point of this whole thing, right? And and you, you can't be intimidated by people who know more than you because you'll learn a lot from them. And at the end of the day, um, you, you can't stress about even teaching people everything you know because they still can't do it the way you do it. So don't stress about it. If you work with the right kind of people, you, you don't have an issue. The our team work across the whole country. Everybody works remotely. Nobody has to be online in specific time. Um, we meet, we keep in touch, we communicate effectively, and the work is done. Uh, there's no checking up there. I don't sit around like going, oh, did so-and-so do this, is that done, is this done, is that? Everybody just does what they're required to do. So it takes time and you've got to choose the right people. But if you can build a really good team, that's the only way you're going to grow and enjoy what you do. Amazing. Michelle, you have shared incredible insights with us today. If somebody would like to uh, get a hold of you, perhaps work with your company, how do they do so? Well, the the quickest way is uh, our website, dragonconsulting.biz. You can book a complimentary consultation with me straight off the website, uh, which is great fun. Uh, you click on there, pick a time that suits you, and you can do that. 
all uh, people are welcome to WhatsApp me, uh, 0810136388. Amazing. Always on WhatsApp. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast but don't really know where to start, go to our website, Baird.media. That's B-A-I-R-D.media. You can find the book, Become a Podmaster, everything you need to know to master the art of podcasting. And you can also sign up to one of our mentorship programs where we help you figure out develop and produce your show from start to finish.